Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 128 of The Pulse. David Miles here and today I'm sitting down with Pastor Pete to talk about Revelation. Right? That's right. Before we start, David, today is your ninth anniversary. <laughs> That's true. Congratulations. That true. Thank you. Well, yeah. we know that numbers have a lot of symbolic meaning in Revelation. I don't see the number nine That's show That's probably up. a good thing. It shows up in Beatles songs. That's true. I'm not yeah. sure what nine, what does nine, nine years represent to you? It represents a long time. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, though. That's kind of the crazy thing. Nine years is... That's the longest that I've I've ever worked any place. So now, as I as I scan your office, I see a Peter Pan costume. The yeah. a- Angel Spoiler. What was his nickname? The boy who never grew old. So that's sort of uh, an interesting. I don't know symbolism there that know. you are going to be next week after nine years serving here, dressed like the boy who never. Yeah, grew up. I've I have donned many a costume over my nine years. I've been elf. I have been. Uh, the Easter Bunny. I've been a ninja, um, and I'm going to be Peter Pan. You shave that that beard, and you will be the Boy Wonder all over again. Now, folks, David's reaching. Stop it, David! Stop it right now. He's reaching for his computer to stop recording to start this over again. We're not going to allow we're that not to gonna, happen. We're not going to start over. We're going to keep going. Okay. We're going to keep going. Revelation. Revelation. This has been an exciting study. I've never experienced no. a series like this in ministry, truly, where there's this much interest, engagement, people in the congregation coming up to me before, after the service with questions or comments yeah. or notes that they're taking. I've gotten uh, messages from one member who's taking copious notes, taking more notes than I have in my own manuscript. Wow. Can you imagine? So that's, that's telling me we are engaged in, a, yeah. in the spiritual work that the Lord has for us. And that blessing that we started with the first sermon, that the book starts with that blessing, those who hear it and hear it read. And uh, yeah. that's happening right, right for us. People are so excited. I keep getting people asking about the Revelation journals, which we're, we're done selling on site here. If people want to pick those up, Amazon, Christian Book, um, you can get them there. But I think people are excited, and we've talked about this before, in part because this isn't a book that is typically covered. I met with a, a leader earlier this week, and she was saying, yeah, I actually have heard a sermon on the book of Revelation, but it's 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the sort of thing. I think people have heard it, but it's not a frequently addressed book. It's not something that is preached through um, all the way. I know that there's another great church in the area that's been going through Revelation, but they're getting close to the end of their study, and we're just ramping up. I mean, we're spending a good 28 weeks in this book because we want to cover it thoroughly. Um, And that's one of the reasons why we're taking the time today to talk about this, because there's more that um, hasn't necessarily made it into sermons because of time constraints, but also because our audio recording, unfortunately, didn't work on Sunday. And so we want to make sure that people um, can hear at least a part of the message. This last week, you were addressing the letter to Smyrna. Not Uh, Smyrnoff. Not Smyrnoff. That's something different (laughs) entirely, right? Um, Tell us a little bit about what you covered on Sunday. Okay, so Sunday we talked about the... uh, the letter, the second letter to the church in a place called Smyrna. And so I gave a little bit of an overview of what that 
city was about and where they were located. I think before that we started to talk about how the themes that we're covering, that we're really doing a deep dive in these letters to these seven churches, will play out for the rest of Revelation. Then I gave a little brief overview of Smyrna, the, the, the historical nature of that city, and then we looked at the circumstance that those Christians were facing. They were facing extreme suffering and pressure, tribulation, this weighting down like rocks that would be used to press down and crush kernels of uh, and shells of, of wheat. It's hard for us to relate to that type yeah. of suffering. When I think of the terrible suffering we see around the world, when we see our nightly news, things are happening in the Middle East, right. things that are happening in, in Africa or Southeast Asia, we can start to get a glimpse of what that looks like. But we here in the West and here in Maple Valley, it's hard for us to fully comprehend what the kind of pressure, social pressure, economic pressure, political, and then religious pressure of what those folks were experiencing. But that, yeah. that was the story, that, that was what I was trying to paint. And, and Jesus says to this church, I know you, I see what's happening. And he relates to them in that original vision that John gave in, in the first chapter, uh, I am the first and the last, the living one, I'm with you. I am in control of all of history from beginning yeah. to end. And that's a theme that we've seen addressed in multiple verses throughout just these first couple chapters here. That's right. And and it's difficult to plug in every scriptural reference that we have. I think I read off yeah. six different references to Isaiah of when uh, Yahweh says through his prophet, I am the one who's first and last, right. the living one. It would be too much to go through. You really would have to, uh, well, sit down and do a, a, a word study sure. or a study with a study Bible. Yeah. But that comfort that came from that, the message that Jesus is saying to them, I know your circumstance and understand this, you're not the primary target, hmm. I am. So that was very interesting in, in, in studying this, that the pressure that was being applied through these uh, religious people, he he says they claim to be Jews, but they're not. They're part of this synagogue of Satan. Yeah. He says the devil's going to do this. So really, that's a, that's a strong term. Wow, <laughs> it is. I did some research about that uh, that we can put into the sermon yeah. about <clears throat> how that had been used over the millennia for hmm. anti-Semitism as an example, like a cherry picking of a verse. Yeah, and Jesus has some very harsh things to say to the Pharisees and to religious leaders and. Uh, in the Gospels, you know, you whitewash tombs and sure. like that. that type of judgment, not about people, right? Not about your neighbor, yeah. But a, about these institutions that were so um, far from where they had started with the Lord, and so he speaks to this global, or not even global, cosmic battle that's happening. And we went into Revelation twelve to fourteen. It's hard to just touch on these things even in a podcast format but we'll eventually get there sure. the cosmic n nature of the dragon that symbolizes satan sending out using these two beasts one representing uh, political systems the other representing religious systems to attack the disciples of the lamb that those are christians and how that plays out so really in this letter jesus is saying i'm bigger than all the troubles you'll face in this world and then you continue to read the rest of the book and you see how that plays yeah. out. And you, you pointed out the fact that we really can't grasp fully what that sort of persecution is like. And yet at the same time, it's still comforting to know that in the midst of our circumstances, when we find ourselves 
really troubled by something. God still is the first and the last for us in the midst of you know our context here in Maple Valley. It may not be as extreme, but there are days where it feels it feels pretty rough. And so to know here in in Maple Valley, um, you know, 2019, God still is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and He still cares about where we're at, and He is bigger than all of our troubles. When when someone comes to you as a pastor and says, "I don't understand this situation that I'm in," yeah, painful situation. Oftentimes, as we've experienced here together, it's not someone's personal sickness. For instance, mm-hmm. it might be a loved one's. I shared yeah. the story of my dear friend Rodney Lab and his battle with ALS, and I know for Rodney, his um, his torture in that so much had to do with his care for his wife and children yeah and so when someone comes and they ask why is this happening why is this torturous suffering hardship happening in in our life if the only answer we have is well who knows but buck up Mm -hmm. you know god might help out we don't know why god doesn't know either it's a mystery to the lord it's a mystery to us well, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, that does not bring me much comfort. Absolutely, It's confusing to say at first, and yet it's liberating to say, I don't know, but God is in control of all of this. In fact, God, as he says, as Jesus says to the people, you'll be thrown in prison for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And we see that not as a specific 10, but referencing Daniel 1, the, the, um, the 10 days of trial for Daniel and his friends. God does put us through trials. He puts us through tests that refine our faith. And we can take some comfort in that. I think the one, the one point I made on Sunday that really landed, <laughs> you can tell when people are like, oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Sure. The Seahawks reference. People get the Seahawks. They get the, Seahawks. Get the Seahawks. Do you want... You want to tell our listeners what that? Well, unfortunately, is. I can't because, well, we as you know, I wasn't in either service. Where were you, David? Well, I was at Next You during our first service, which was fantastic. And then how many I was, people? How many folks were? I think we have about? about eighteen people who are going to be going through the class, which is great. And then second service, I was up in the communion class with my wife Monica and our daughter Ella, um, learning about the sacrament of communion. Oh my gosh, so, that's so great! That I'm glad right. that we've been able to talk because I couldn't listen to the message because the audio didn't okay work. I know we're so, wrapping up so I'll be real quick so the, what really landed yeah. and I thought wow that really made a, a, an impression because people can relate to it was I talked about 10 a.m. Seahawks games mm-hmm. and by the time I get home like last the Sunday prior I finally sit down I've got my Taco Bell which was a special treat and then I'm going to start the DVR and I'm trying to fast forward to the kickoff yeah. and then I hear the cannon fire right. outside yep so they've already, my neighbors have already given it away. We've won the game. I haven't even started watching. Yep. Then we start watching that game, Seahawks and Browns, and it's back and forth, and it's Baker Mayfield, and what's going to happen. And they ultimately, we win the game. We go through the whole thing, but we know the ending. And yeah. that that's encapsulates the idea with Revelation, this idea that it's not some far off in the future, um, things that we have to worry about. These things are uh, in God's grand scheme of things. He's from beginning to end. He's in control of all of it. That's good. You're going to experience that again, I think, this Sunday. I think it's another 10 a.m. start. Is that right? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So I ended the service. uh, The worship team, just incredible worship again. That's part of what's exciting, too, don't you think? Absolutely. Especially when we are getting into Revelations, uh, Revelation 4 and 5 and beyond. I'll put a quarter in. That's right. In the bucket for saying. The extra S. S. 
about worship, uh, Robin is Robin and his team are just bringing so much. And I went up on the platform wearing my Nationals uh, baseball hat. Yeah, and Rob is Houston, big time. He's from Astro. Houston. Now the Nationals have won the first three games. It's pretty decisive last night, twelve to two. Wow, going back to DC, and I said, "There's, there's no one in this world that can guarantee a victory without cheating. Only Jesus can guarantee yeah. the victory." And that little analogy was lost because Rob was trying to tear the hat off my head and throw it <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> well, some people had no idea what's that red hat with the W. What, what yeah. college in Washington is that? And so they'll learn. That was good. Jesus does have the victory, doesn't he? He has the victory. He's bigger than all of your troubles. Even now, as you're listening to this, if you're at home or driving to work or you're in your office or at school, take a moment, lay down before him, whatever that big trouble, that big heartache, that tribulation, that pressure on you, lay it down before him and claim this truth. Jesus, I know that you are bigger than this trouble and this hardship. Please, Lord, help me. That's good. Well, I want to thank you for listening to The Pulse again this week. Pastor Pete, thank you for recapping Sunday's message. Listeners, you can't can't observe what I'm observing right now, and you should be grateful for that because Pastor Pete has danced around with a Peter Pan hat, and uh, it is a sight to behold. (laughs) Thank you again for listening this week. We'll talk to you soon. Nine!